aspire to live quietly? Mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent upon no one. Hey guys, my name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of A Quiet Life Podcast. It's the midweek podcast within the Pursuit of Manliness. On Monday, we have the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, interviews, conversations, men in the Bible, etc. On Fridays, we do Out in the Garage. We're walking through Genesis right now, just left to right, chapter by chapter. But in the middle of the week, we have a conversation about this portion of Scripture. What we have found within the Pursuit of Manliness is there's a lot of men that this is our desire to live this way. This is what we we want to do. We want to live a quiet life. We want to mind our own business. We want to work with our hands and be dependent upon no one else. Uh, let's talk about that last part. Be dependent upon no one. When I post this or when I talk about this part of scripture, uh, maybe I don't maybe it's not within the the, the complete context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And and I want to say this. This is not the only portion of scripture of how to live your life, right? But this is a succinct uh, portion that you can look at and say, okay, this really identifies a lot of, I think, Christian men in our culture who are trying to get this right. We have a lot of Christian men who would identify themselves as kind of a a lone wolf mentality, you know, kind of John Wayne, uh, state of themselves, et cetera. And so we, we aspire to do this. And what we do within the pursuit of manliness is say, listen, that, that's, that's, that's a, that's a lot of us, uh, but let's get in community where we're, we're building better men together. And so I want to talk about that last part, being dependent upon nobody. Um, as I was starting to say there, that there, there will always be a person or two who will, who will kind of take offense to that, right? Like, well, we depend on God. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. But what I'm trying to say here is if we're not careful, we go to the other degree where we have this innate desire for an autonomous life. We see people who, who who do this, who have this kind of autonomous lifestyle. They're they're their own boss. They are their own brand. They are their own compass, if you will. They, seemingly, they get up, they do what they want, they, they they talk to who they want, they spend their time and money how they want. Um, one of the things with a quiet life is there was always a video portion to it. Um, there isn't this week. One of the reasons is uh, my wife and I uh, just went out of town for a couple of days. We had to do some, some things, and, and that'll make sense in a week or so. But we were talking on the way home that boy, it'd been great being out of town to take an extra day or two and you know kind of see some things we hadn't seen before, or just you know spend more time together. And you know, my mind automatically goes to those who are able to do that, and and we look at those individuals and we say, boy, they. They're, they get it. They, they have taken the risk. They're, they are really making something of this. They do what they want when they want. But listen, this is not always true, even though that may be the perception. Even though that might be the perception that this autonomous life, that you are your own boss. I, I mean, I've talked to so many people who say, I just, I just want a few acres you know, I just want a little bit of property. I just want, you know, neighbors at a distance. I, you know, I just, we all do, right? It, it's, it's like God wired that inside of us. And so when we consider the idea of being dependent upon no one, a majority of us, we're clocking in, clocking out, if you will, you know, Monday through Friday or whatever your schedule is. We're, we're answering the bell for someone. Someone's name is signed on your check or direct deposit so that you you get paid. 
right? Like, like a big component to being a man of God is that we are providers. It's not the only component, but it is a big one that we are providers that when I leave the home every, every morning, my, my wife and children don't wonder, is he going to get fired or is he going to squander our money or are we going to be able to pay the light bill? No, they know, like they, they know there's a security there that, you know, like he, he's going to do what he needs to do. <clears throat> but when I talk about this idea of, of being dependent upon nobody, let's stay on the surface. Let's just stay on the surface for this, this conversation. What I'm talking about here is when I go to work or when you go to work or when you walk into your environment, and listen, I know there's a lot of moving pieces to this. We all do a lot of, a lot of different things. Even the guys I can think of right now that are just kind of scrolling past my eyeballs mentally as I'm, I'm considering this have a, a variety of, of employment um, situations. So they're all different. But what I'm trying to say here is maybe we can agree on these three. I'm not going to work to get affirmation. I don't need to get affirmation when I go to work. I don't. I don't need when I walk in the door, um, you know, someone clapping for me. Like we're so glad you're here. You're you're so valuable to our team. No. Number two is I don't need credit. That's really hard, right? If you had an idea, if you started a project, you're leading a team. Um, you brought something from point A to point B and point B is, you know, considerably better, healthier, more substantial, more, you know, sustainable, et cetera. You don't need the credit. If, if you're in a team meeting and they're doling out attaboys for people and you didn't get one, I, I get it. I, I get it. And it can feel uncomfortable and awkward or feel like you know, you're overlooked, but, but I, I, I don't go there to get credit. And number three, I don't go there to get value. Now, let me say this. I do believe providing as a man is a big component. And, and you look in Scripture, you see that that is pretty much a non-negotiable if you're going to start a family. If you're going to have a family, if you're going to have anyone who's dependent upon you, providing is pretty much a non-negotiable. Single guys, it's pretty much non-negotiable too because if you decide as a single guy that you're not going to provide and you're not going to be responsible, you could kind of just... You know, rent a room, if you will, and t- take it easy. And I'm not saying anyone's doing that, but you you can think of some scenarios where this is certainly the case. There's there's a lot of cultures, there's a lot of situations where you look at people and you say, you know, is is that like failure to launch? Like why why are we not leaving? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not, you know, kind of charting our own territory? Right? Well, maybe again, maybe these there's not enough of these things. So let's go back to affirmation credit and value. When I look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because this is what we do in the middle of the week, just kind of look at some things to consider, you know, how we uh how we're living, how we're carrying ourselves. How uh, I would say this, a lot of Christian men that I know do not need to be the loudest one in the room. We really don't want to be in the gossip circle. Like if if I don't need to know it, just pass me by. I, I don't need to know. Um, I knew a, I know a guy who his phrase is, it stops with me. So basically, if you're going to come to him and you're going to give him some gossip, it, it ain't going anywhere else. Like, he's done with it. So it ends with him. Working with your hands. I know a lot of guys, man, work really hard. Guys are working, you know, really hard at one job, two job, three job, whatever. Um, and again, this idea of being dependent upon nobody, you know, I was telling that to my wife, you know, like, if, if everything unraveled, like, she, we're having a conversation that she doesn't have to fear that I'm going to lay on the couch and watch life below zero all day while her and the kids try to figure out, you know, 
where the cheese is coming from. Like we're going to figure it out, right? Paul's not talking about you know just this employment idea. He's talking about living in such a way that if your conditions would change, you're not sitting on the sideline waiting for someone to rescue you. There are times we need a hand. There are times that we need an attaboy, uh, pick you up, let me help you out. Um, I, I know of a lead, I know of a job, I know of a place, let me make a call. There are times we need that. I think that's part of the body of Christ. And I also want to say, he's not talking about not depending on God. Okay, for, for the guy who, who says that, I understand that tension. And I, I would never circumvent that. I would never shortcut that. Okay, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. So we are solely dependent upon God. We look at Psalms 18, 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You can't be any of those things. Now, we know if we try to be our own rock, our own fortress, our own deliverer, our own refuge, our own shield, our own salvation, our own stronghold, we're not long for this, right? So we talk about being dependent upon nobody. Again, I don't want to get things from people that I should be getting from God. I don't want to be trying to find things for people I should be getting from God. Now, I want to go back. I want to look at Scripture here, and I'm not going to quote chapter and verse, okay? So I'm just going to walk through this uh, fairly briefly. This is a different type of um, quiet life podcast, I understand. But I want to go through this list here. Noah built a boat in a vineyard. I don't know if Noah had any experience building boats before he did, but he, he, was, he built a boat for, what was that, 100 years, and he built a, a vineyard when he got off that. Joseph was in charge of Potiphar's home uh, as a slave, and, and then he was put in prison. And then he was in charge of the prison, which not enjoyable. And then he was second in command in Egypt. Moses was a shepherd after he fled Egypt, right? And then he led Israel. David was a shepherd. And then he was kind of the music talent for Saul before he became king. And I, I, wanna, I wanted to say the king part because I think that's what we think the quiet life is. I'm in charge. I'm my own boss. I am. Most of us are not going to be in that position where we are our own boss, that doesn't mean you can't aspire to that. What you don't want to be is lacking contentment all the way to that. You don't want to be miserable all the way to that. You don't want to cut off everybody. I don't want to shortcut my wife and kids all the way because I'm going to work two, three jobs because my goal is to be my own king. No, David became king and found out it isn't all it's cracked up to be sometimes. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. Let's go to New Testament. Jesus was a carpenter before he started his public ministry. You know the disciples, some of them, Peter was a fisherman, Matthew a tax, tax collector. Saul was a Pharisee, um, and, and then, then he became Paul, but then he talked about being a tent maker, right? Like Saul became, Saul, Paul, became all things to all people. And, and there's a ton of people in Scripture we, we could go through, but just for you know keeping some brevity here, uh, he was a tent maker. He said, I, I will go and, and, and get a job pumping gas if that's what I need to do. The young kids are like, we don't know who, why that would be a job. It used to be a job. Um, <clears throat> and you would wash their windows and check their fluids. And, you know, I, I will go, you know, pack groceries to the cars. I will go. He's like, listen, I, I will do what I need to do so I get the opportunity to share Jesus with someone. And sometimes that's what happens. Just doing life with people, you will get the opportunity to share Jesus. You walking into your work environment, you will probably be the greatest missionary that that work environment has, and it doesn't even know it. 
for most of y'all, you don't work in a Christ-centered work environment. You're not at a, a, most of you guys are not at a church or Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby, right? Most of you guys are walking into environments that you'd say, I don't even know if I can speak up about my faith. I don't even know if I can pray over my meal at, at break time. I don't even think I should be able to. I, I, I really got a tip to you walking in there, living this quiet life of not needing, not demanding, not seeking affirmation credit value where you park your car and who gives you your direct deposit, that's going to be different. And that's what a quiet life to me is. And that's why we have a midweek conversation about this. A quiet life is different than what you see in our culture. We are not called to put our head in the sand, go buy 100 acres and and put a fence around it and say, well, we had a good run. Hey, I'd love that. I'd love that. I'd love, I would love nothing more than to own an RV that my wife and I can go visit you guys, go to your churches, go to your men's things, you know, and uh, take my cell phone. You have to email me, I guess. Take my cell phone, throw it in the river, and uh, just, you know, not be. I, I, I want, I'd love nothing more than that. If that's all I want, though, and I don't walk into my work environment today knowing, I bring Jesus into that work environment. I bring the Holy Spirit into that work environment. I'm going to be miserable. And that money's never going to be enough. And if you do get affirmation, credit, or value, it's never going to be enough. When we depend on no one, we realize we should never project on other people what we should only receive from God. We can receive affirmation, credit, and some value from other people. We want to matter and we want to make a difference in our workplace, but ultimately we're seeking to please the Lord. If you're looking for the next, you know, attaboy bonus check or whatever, I mean, it's, it's going to be empty, right? So you're going to have to drill down into that. What does that look like for me to live a quiet life, minding my own business, working hard with my hands when I'm taking out garbage, working on a project, sending an email, a group text, whatever. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm doing this well and, and, and being dependent upon nobody. Uh, there's, a, there's certainly a work ethic component to that. But I think there's also, and this is what we're talking about today, an internal aspect to it as well. We don't want to take shortcuts. We, we want to work hard. We want to add value. We want to add more value than we take away, right? I don't want to go moping around if I don't get affirmation. I'm, I'm talking through Nehemiah right now. In Nehemiah chapter 2, you know, he was the cupbearer to the king. That was his job. If Nehemiah walked in and he had, you know, was pouty all the time, he would die. Now, you probably wouldn't get that punishment, but you're, prob- you're probably not getting, you know, you're not you're being overlooked for the next promotion or leading a team or whatever if your emotional stability is fragile and they know that but as a Christ follower let's be anchored in Christ I don't need to get affirmation credit or value from the workplace and when I look at scripture it doesn't appear we're supposed to get that from the workplace either they were in the Bible they were more of an agrarian society and a little more cold you know working the ground etc but they had jobs. God put Adam in the garden to work it and keep it. He didn't say, and from this, you will get your identity. From this, you will get your self-esteem. And from this, your wife will just love you and adore you because you have such a fantastic garden that you keep. No, he gave him something to do. 
he gave him uh you know we have energy we need to exert we we have we like we have things that we need we need to see things we need to see a start and a finish we need to see the process that's that's how we're wired i want to i want to end with this proverbs chapter 4 23 to 27 again we're talking internal today more than external keep your heart with all vigilance for from, from it flow the springs of life that's verse 23 of chapter 4 Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Watch your words. Watch what you say. Don't say things you're not supposed to say. Even if you don't think the person's going to hear it or they're going to hear it or it doesn't really matter, keep it all. Get it away from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. You you walk into your work environment. You say, I am a missionary here, whether they recognize it or not, because God does. And I'm a light walking into darkness. And I bring something that a lot of these people here don't have. And depending on where you work and your situation, you walking in with this idea that I'm not here to depend on people to give me things that I'm only supposed to get from the Lord. I believe that will be an encouragement to those other believers that are there. But also it will cause curiosity in those who who don't know why. You might get heckled, made fun of, whatever. Who cares? We're grownups now, right? So eyes straight ahead. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Don't, don't, go, don't go wandering off places. Don't go th- places and things you shouldn't be doing. And verse 27, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. There you go. When you walk in, you're on the clock. Not just for the company, not just for your job, not just for your paycheck. You're on the clock because we're missionaries in these environments. We're bringing something in, into these environments that they don't even know they need. Amen. So thank you for listening to this Quiet Life podcast. Again, I know it's a, li- it's a little bit different format today than typical. Normally, I'm out in my garage um, in a chair with some coffee and scripture. But I've uh, been traveling some, and so that there's been a, um, it's been a bit of a challenge there. And then um, evidently someone's mowing their grass at 8 in the morning, 827 in the morning. Uh, so thanks for listening. Listen, if you want to know more about Quiet Life or you're, you're like, yes, that's me, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com forward slash gear. Um, and we have a, a Quiet Life hat. We have a Quiet Life long, sh- long sleeve, short sleeve t-shirt. And we have a Quiet Life PVC patch with the Velcro backing on it. Um, you know what? To me, it's more important that you live this out than you're walking around with gear. But listen, for me, sometimes this gear, sometimes these things that we wear and we do, and listen, I'm, I'm very particular about what these things look like. They are conversation starters for those that we're going to encounter and say, okay, tell me, tell me what this quiet life thing is. Well, well, it's a verse in the Bible. Well, what is it? And then you can tell them. And I think if you tell them with your life, if you tell them with your work ethic, if you tell them how you treat people, I just think you're going to get, get a chance to tell them about Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. And let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. 